Indigenous intellectual property is an umbrella legal term used in national and international forums to identify indigenous peoples' claims of collective intellectual property rights to protect specific cultural knowledge of their groups. It is a concept that has developed as an analog to predominantly Western concepts of intellectual property law, and has most recently been promoted by the World Intellectual Property Organization, as part of a broader effort by the United Nations to see the world's indigenous, intangible cultural heritage better valued and better protected against perceived, ongoing mistreatment. Nation-states across the world have experienced difficulties reconciling local indigenous laws and cultural norms with a predominantly Western legal system, in many cases leaving indigenous peoples' individual and communal intellectual property rights largely unprotected. Therefore, international bodies such as the United Nations have become involved in the issue making more specific declarations that intellectual property also includes cultural property such as historical sites, artifacts, designs, language, ceremonies, and performing arts in addition to artwork and literature. Traditional Cultural Expressions Traditional cultural expressions is a phrase used by the World Intellectual Property Organization to refer to any form of artistic and literary expression in which traditional culture and knowledge are embodied. They are transmitted from one generation to the next, and include handmade textiles, paintings, stories, legends, ceremonies, music, songs, rhythms and dance. Traditional cultural expressions can include designs and styles, which means that applying traditional Western-style international copyright laws, which apply to a specific work, rather than a style, can be problematic. Indigenous customary law often treats such concepts differently and may apply restrictions upon the use of underlying styles and concepts. United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, September 2007 At the United Nations General Assembly's 61st session, on September 13, 2007, an overwhelming majority of members resolved to adopt the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Regarding the intellectual property rights of indigenous peoples, the General Assembly recognized the urgent need to respect and promote the inherent rights of indigenous peoples which derive from their political, economic and social structures and from their cultures, spiritual traditions, histories and philosophies reaffirmed that indigenous peoples possess collective rights which are indispensable for their existence well-being and integral development as peoples and solemnly proclaimed as an agreed standard for member nations around the world. Article 11 Indigenous peoples have the right to practice and revitalize their cultural traditions and customs. This includes the right to maintain, protect and develop the past, present and future manifestations of their cultures, such as archaeological and historical sites, artifacts, designs, ceremonies, technologies and visual and performing arts and literature. States shall provide redress through effective mechanisms, which may include restitution, developed in conjunction with indigenous peoples, with respect to their cultural, intellectual, religious and spiritual property taken without their free, prior and informed consent or in violation of their laws, traditions and customs. Article 24, Indigenous peoples have the right to their traditional medicines and to maintain their health practices, including the conservation of their vital medicinal plants, animals and minerals. Article 31, Indigenous peoples have the right to maintain, control, protect and develop their cultural heritage, traditional knowledge and traditional cultural expressions, as well as the manifestations of their sciences, technologies and cultures, including human and genetic resources, seeds, medicines, knowledge of the properties of fauna and flora, oral traditions, literatures, designs, sports and traditional games and visual and performing arts.
they also have the right to maintain, control, protect and develop their intellectual property over such cultural heritage, traditional knowledge, and traditional cultural expressions. In conjunction with indigenous peoples, states shall take effective measures to recognize and protect the exercise of these rights. Organizations working on the issue the Native American Rights Fund has set out several goals around treaty law and intellectual property, with board member Professor Rebecca Tsosi stressing the importance of these property rights being held collectively, not by individuals. The long-term goal is to have a legal system, and certainly a treaty could do that, that acknowledges two things. Number one, it acknowledges that indigenous peoples are peoples with a right to self-determination that includes governance rights over all property belonging to the indigenous people. And, number two, it acknowledges that indigenous cultural expressions are a form of intellectual property and that traditional knowledge is a form of intellectual property, but they are collective resources, so not any one individual can give away the rights to those resources. The tribal nations own them collectively. Claims and Declarations Regarding Indigenous Intellectual Property Several Native American and First Nations communities have issued tribal declarations over the past 35 years. In the lead-up to and during the United Nations International Year for the World's Indigenous Peoples, 1993, then during the following United Nations Decade of the World's Indigenous Peoples, 1995-2004, a number of conferences of both indigenous and non-indigenous specialists were held in different parts of the world, resulting in a number of unified declarations and statements identifying, explaining, refining, and defining indigenous intellectual property though the legal weight of most has yet to be tested. Intertribal Coalitions in North America Since the 1970s, intertribal groups in North America have organized demonstrations against non-native use of Native American cultural elements, such as the sale of products and services allegedly derived from indigenous knowledge. It is a very alarming trend. So alarming that it came to the attention of an international and intertribal group of medicine people and spiritual leaders called the Circle of Elders. They were extremely concerned with these activities and during one of their gatherings addressed the issue by publishing a list of plastic shamans in Aquasasne notes, along with a plea for them to stop their exploitative activities. One of the best-known plastic shamans, Lynn Andrews, has been picketed by the native communities in New York, Minneapolis, San Francisco, Seattle and other cities. Resolution of the Fifth Annual Meeting of the Traditional Elders Circle, October 1980 before ceremonies and ceremonial knowledge were affirmed as protected intellectual property by the UN General Assembly, smaller coalitions of indigenous cultural leaders met to issue declarations about protection of ceremonial knowledge. In 1980, spiritual leaders of the Northern Cheyenne, Navajo, Hopi, Muskogee, Chippewa Cree, Haudenosaunee and Lakota nations met on the Northern Cheyenne Reservation in Montana and issued a resolution that these individuals are gathering non-Indian people as followers who believe they are receiving instructions of the original people. We, the elders and our representatives sitting in council, give warning to these non-Indian followers that it is our understanding this is not a proper process, that the authority to carry these sacred objects is given by the people. Declaration of Belem, July 1988 the first International Congress of the International Society of Ethnobiology involving scientists, environmentalists and indigenous peoples met at Belém, Brazil. They identified themselves collectively as ethnobiologists and announced that, amongst other matters, since indigenous cultures around the world are being disrupted and destroyed, mechanisms be established by which indigenous specialists are recognized as proper authorities and are consulted in all programs affecting them. 
their resources and their environment. Procedures must be developed to compensate native peoples for the utilization of their knowledge and their biological resources. Carioca Declaration and Indigenous Peoples Earth Charter, May 1992 The Carioca Declaration and Charter was first affirmed in Brazil in May 1992, and then reaffirmed in Indonesia, in June 2002. Ratifying the document were indigenous peoples from the Americas, Asia, Africa, Australia, Europe and the Pacific who, at Carioca villages, united in one voice to collectively express their serious concern at the way the world was exploiting the natural resources upon which indigenous peoples depend. Specific references made within the Indigenous Peoples Earth Charter to perceived abuses of indigenous peoples' intellectual and cultural properties. Under the heading, Culture, Science and Intellectual Property, amongst other matters, it is asserted. 99. The usurping of traditional medicines and knowledge from indigenous peoples should be considered a crime against peoples. 102. As creators and carriers of civilizations which have given and continued to share knowledge, experience, and values with humanity, we require that our right to intellectual and cultural properties be guaranteed and that mechanisms for each be in favor of our peoples. 104. The protection, norms and mechanism of artistic and artisan creation of our peoples must be established and implemented in order to avoid plunder, plagiarism, undue exposure, and use. Declaration of War Against Exploiters of Lakota Spirituality, June 1993 At the Lakota Summit B, an international gathering of U.S. and Canadian Lakota, Dakota, and Nakota nations, about 500 representatives from 40 different tribes and bands of the Lakota unanimously passed a declaration of war against exploiters of Lakota spirituality. Representatives affirmed a zero-tolerance policy on the exploitation of Lakota, Dakota and Nakota ceremonial knowledge. Whereas we are conveners of an ongoing series of comprehensive forums on the abuse and exploitation of Lakota spirituality, and whereas we represent the recognized Lakota leaders, traditional elders, and grassroots advocates of the Lakota people, and whereas non-Indian charlatans and wannabes are selling books that promote systematic colonization of our Lakota spirituality, and Whereas this exponential exploitation of our Lakota spiritual traditions requires that we take immediate action to defend our most precious Lakota spirituality from further contamination, desecration and abuse. 6. We urge traditional people, tribal leaders, and governing councils of all other Indian nations, as well as all national Indian organizations, to join us in calling for an immediate end to this rampant exploitation of our respective American Indian sacred traditions by issuing statements denouncing such abuse for it is not the Lakota, Dakota and Nakota people alone whose spiritual practices are being systematically violated by non-Indians. 7. We urge all our Indian brothers and sisters to act decisively and boldly in our present campaign to end the destruction of our sacred traditions, keeping in mind that our highest duty as Indian people, to preserve the purity of our precious traditions for future generations, so that our children and our children's children will survive and prosper in the sacred manner intended for each of our respective peoples by our Creator. Mata Atua Declaration on Cultural and Intellectual Property Rights of Indigenous Peoples, June 1993 On June 18, 1993, 150 delegates from 14 countries, including indigenous representatives from Japan, Ainu, Australia, Cook Islands, Fiji, India, Panama, Peru, Philippines, Suriname, United States and Aotearoa, New Zealand, Matatfakatana, Bay of Plenty region of New Zealand. The Assembly affirmed indigenous peoples' knowledge is of benefit to all humanity, 
recognized indigenous peoples are willing to offer their knowledge to all humanity provided their fundamental rights to define and control this knowledge is protected by the international community, insisted the first beneficiaries of indigenous knowledge must be the direct indigenous descendants of such knowledge, and declared all forms of exploitation of indigenous knowledge must cease. Under Section 2 of their declaration they specifically ask state, national and international agencies to 2.1. Recognize that indigenous peoples are the guardians of their customary knowledge and have the right to protect and control dissemination of that knowledge. 2.2. Recognize that indigenous peoples also have the right to create new knowledge based on cultural tradition. 2.3. Accept that the cultural and intellectual property rights of indigenous peoples are vested with those who created them. Julian Bull's Statement on Indigenous Intellectual Property Rights, November 1993 This declaration arose out of a meeting of indigenous and non-indigenous specialists, who, at Jingerba, in northeastern Australia, agreed indigenous intellectual property rights are best determined from within the customary laws of the indigenous groups themselves. Within the declaration, indigenous customary laws are renamed Aboriginal common laws, and it is insisted these laws must be acknowledged and treated as equal to any other systems of law. Indigenous peoples and nations reaffirm their right to define for themselves their own intellectual property, acknowledging, the uniqueness of their own particular heritage. Indigenous peoples and nations, declare that we, are willing to share with all humanity provided that our fundamental rights to define and control this property are recognized by the international community. Aboriginal intellectual property, within Aboriginal common law, is an inherent, inalienable right which cannot be terminated, extinguished, or taken. Any use of the intellectual property of Aboriginal nations and peoples may only be done in accordance with Aboriginal common law, and any unauthorized use is strictly prohibited. Hopi and Apache opt-out from American museums in 1994 several Native American tribal organizations demanded that museums remove certain materials from exhibition and access to the public. They cited the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act, NAGPRA, as the legal basis for these complaints. Their position was that they would only permit such uses selectively and with express permission of the living relatives of the human remains and grave goods the museums wished to exhibit. Vernon Masayesva, CEO of the Hopi Tribe and a consortium of Apache tribes demanded a number of American museums and all public exhibition of, and access to, materials from their tribal cultures, including images, text, ceremonies, music, songs, stories, symbols, beliefs, customs, ideas, concepts and ethnographic field notes, feature films, historical works, and any other medium in which their culture may appear literally, imagined, expressed, parodied or embellished. Santa Cruz de la Sierra Statement on Intellectual Property, September 1994 A regional meeting was held at Santa Cruz de la Sierra, Bolivia where indigenous peoples from the South Americas concerned about the way internationally prevailing intellectual property systems and regimes appear to be favoring the appropriation of indigenous peoples' knowledge and resources for commercial purposes, agreed. For members of indigenous peoples, knowledge and determination of the use of resources are collective and intergenerational. No. Individuals or communities, nor the government, can sell or transfer ownership of resources which are the property of the people and which each generation has an obligation to safeguard for the next. Work must be conducted on the design of a protection and recognition system which is in accordance with our own conception, and mechanisms must be developed which will prevent appropriation of our resources and knowledge.
there must be appropriate mechanisms for maintaining and ensuring the right of indigenous peoples to deny indiscriminate access to the resources of our communities or peoples and making it possible to contest patents or other exclusive rights to what is essentially indigenous. Tamponin Statement on the Protection and Conservation of Indigenous Knowledge, February 1995 Indigenous people of Asia met at Tambonan, Sabah, East Malaysia, to assert rights of self-determination, and to express concern about, and fear of, the threat unfamiliar Western intellectual property rights systems may pose to them. It was agreed. For the indigenous peoples of Asia, the intellectual property rights system is not only a very new concept but it is also very Western with intellectual property rights. Alien laws will be devised to exploit the indigenous knowledge and resources of the indigenous peoples. Indigenous peoples are not benefiting from the intellectual property rights system. Indigenous knowledge and resources are being eroded, exploited and or appropriated by outsiders in the likes of transnational corporations, institutions, researchers, and scientists who are after profits and benefits gained. Suva Statement on Indigenous Peoples' Knowledge and Intellectual Property Rights, April 1995 Participants from the independent countries and non-autonomous colonized territories of the Pacific region met in Suva. Fiji to discuss internationally dominant intellectual property rights regimes, and at that meeting they resolved to support the Carioca, Mata Atua, Julianbull, Santa Cruz de la Sierra, and Tambon and initiatives above. In particular participants reaffirm that imperialism is perpetuated through intellectual property rights systems. Declare indigenous peoples are willing to share our knowledge with humanity provided we determine when where and how it is used, at present the international system does not recognize or respect our past, present and potential contribution. Seek repatriation of indigenous peoples' resources already held in external collections, and seek compensation and royalties from commercial developments resulting from these resources. Encourage, governments, to protest any general agreement on tariffs and trade provisions which facilitate the expropriation of indigenous peoples' knowledge and resources. Incorporate the concerns of indigenous peoples, into legislation. Strengthen the capacities of indigenous peoples to maintain their oral traditions and encourage initiatives by indigenous peoples to record their knowledge according to their customary access procedures. Urge universities, churches, government, non-government organizations, and other institutions to reconsider their roles in the expropriation of indigenous peoples' knowledge and resources and to assist in their return to their rightful owners. Kimberley Declaration, South Africa August 2002 Indigenous people from around the world attended an International Indigenous Peoples Summit on Sustainable Development in Khoisan Territory, Kimberley, South Africa, where they reaffirmed previous declarations and statements, above, and, among other matters, declared. Our traditional knowledge systems must be respected, promoted and protected, our collective intellectual property rights must be guaranteed and ensured. Our traditional knowledge is not in the public domain, it is collective, cultural and intellectual property protected under our customary law. Unauthorized use and misappropriation of traditional knowledge is theft. Maori Kamate Haka Since the 19th century, Maori-style hakas have been popularly used by New Zealanders as a cheer at sporting events, especially for New Zealand national teams. Between 1998 and 2006, then Gatitoa Iwi attempted to trademark the Kamate Haka and to forbid its use by commercial organizations without their permission. The Intellectual Property Office of New Zealand turned their claim down in 2006, 
since Comet had achieved wide recognition in New Zealand and abroad as representing New Zealand as a whole and not a particular trader. In 2009, as a part of a wider settlement of grievances, the New Zealand government agreed to record the authorship and significance of the Hakka Comet to Ngati Toa and work with Ngati Toa to address their concerns with the Hakka. Does not expect that redress will result in royalties for the use of Comet or provide Ngati Toa with a veto on the performance of Comet. However, a survey of 19th century New Zealand newspapers found Comet was used by tribes from other parts of New Zealand, and was generally described by them as being an ancient peacekeeping song, from Miri's long before its appropriation by the Ngati Toa chief Te Raparaha. When Ngati Toa authorities were asked for evidence that Comet was of Ngati Toa authorship, they were unable to provide any. The Maori and Legos Bionicle In 2001 a dispute concerning the popular Lego toyline Bionicle arose between Danish toymaker Lego Group and several Maori tribal groups, fronted by lawyer Maui Solomon, and members of the online discussion forum, Aotearoa Cafe. The Bionicle product line allegedly used many words appropriated from Maori language, imagery and folklore. The dispute ended in an amicable settlement. Initially Lego refused to withdraw the product saying it had drawn the names from many cultures, but later agreed that it had taken the names from Maori and agreed to change certain names or spellings to help set the toy line apart from the Maori legends. This did not prevent the many Bionicle users from continuing to use the disputed words, resulting in the popular Bionicle website BZ Power coming under a denial-of-service attack for four days from an attacker using the name Koshiate. Maori Cigarettes in 2005 a New Zealander in Jerusalem discovered that the Philip Morris Cigarette Company had started producing a brand of cigarette in Israel called the Ellen and Mari Mix. In 2006, the head of Philip Morris, Louis Camilleri, issued an apology to Mari, We sincerely regret any discomfort that was caused to Mari people by our mistake and we won't be repeating it. The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The content of this podcast was last edited on March 29, 2020. Hi, this is Annie from Avoir Simone. You're listening to a Creative Commons licensed podcast.